and Liddy, I love when it's hot. Turned to the city, I broke out the notch. Got some more millies, I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and any no fox. We call him Hello and welcome back to the Whole Night Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. You can find me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Joining me today is my co-host, as always, Brandon Olson. You can find him on Twitter at Dominus underscore Brandon. But we're also joined by a third person, uh, former Florida and Notre Dame quarterback and now turned media personality at Overtime Media, uh, Malik Zaire, who you can follow on Twitter at Malik Zaire 8 and you can follow Overtime Media at Overtime. Well, that was pretty good. <laughs> and it. you ruined it. Uh... <laughs> Small victories. How you doing today, Malik? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I am great. I have to go see a shitty horror movie later, but yeah. Which one? Uh, the Turning, I think. Mm, I heard the Parasite was pretty good too. I've heard that's good. I've heard that's good. Um, but we won't waste too much time, I guess. We'll go. There's a, there's I, a lot I to just, get to. Do. Cool, I actually right have one question before we do that. Um. So, Malik, you heard the intro that Dylan just did? Yeah. All right. Uh, so now you know my Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> and you very rudely follow the LSU fan and not me, so I'm offended. Hope you know oh, my that. goodness. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Brandon has been really upset about this. He won't shut I up. I have been stirring about this for a week. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. Let me follow you, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is at Mike Spencer WNS. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So um, while you do that, we're going to be talking about, first off, uh, we're going to go into the Super Bowl, but how we do it here um, every week during the football season. We have a game of the week where we go position group by position position group by position group and i'll each give like who we think has the advantage in that position group and why we won't go too long on this one because there's a lot we want to ask and then we'll pick the game against the spread um which is basically just a pick them for this one um so like we'll start off with uh, quarterback position and then uh i'll give my answer first then brandon will give his answer first for running back and then you for wide receiver and so on and so forth it's pretty simple. We just, you know, basically talk about the, the teams. It's it's not that much. Um, Bet. All right. So um, if the the Super Bowl, if you didn't know, is uh, going to be the 49ers and Chiefs this year. I haven't I've never heard much talk about the game actually, seeing as though it's this week. Um, but uh, the first one, uh, the first position group, I think is going to be pretty easy. Uh, at quarterback, it's basically uh, Patrick Mahomes or uh, or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's very easily for me. It's going to be Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, that, that that yeah, that's that's easy. We can move on now. We're good there. <laughs> yeah, uh, unless I mean, Malik has a hot take. Do you think Jimmy G is better than uh, Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> uh, yeah, no chance. But I do think that you know, if anybody was to play this team on, on defense, this is the best team to play on. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So the next position group is going to be running back. Brandon, who do you think? Uh, I'm going the 49ers. I just love what they do in the run game. And just they have one guy that's always going to go off. So, yeah, I'm going running backs here. 
or running backs with San Fran here. Malik, what do you think? Uh, I'm probably going with the 49ers. Yeah, uh, I mean, anytime you can have a team win a uh, win a uh, conference championship game while your quarterback only throws the ball like eight times, I think you have a pretty good uh, running back group. Um, Absolutely. But similarly, the Kansas City uh, offense, the the other skill positions, wide receiver, tight end, the pass catchers, are insane. Um, but uh, Malik, where are you going, wide receiver, tight end? Oh man, so wide receivers, including tight ends, and not including including tight ends. including this tight ends. is basically pass catchers. Oh man, it's, I think that you know you got to look at the yards after catching Kansas City as many as believe that yeah they may have a bunch of big-name guys that you can ramble off. The 49ers are right behind them in the yards after catch me at fourth in the league. I like the San Francisco 49ers receivers and tight ends only because, you know, they play well together as opposed to, like, I feel like the NBA – I mean, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs receivers are more like individual superstars. That's fair. Uh yeah, I, I, this one's probably the closest one, I'd say. Um, I'm going Kansas City, just because I think they have more talent at the top. I think Sanford has a great group, but I think at the top, it's the best three playmakers here are Hill, Kittle, Kelsey. And I, just Kansas City has two-thirds of it, so that's how I'm deciding it. It's incredibly close. Yeah, I mean, you can't disrespect uh, like George Kittle or Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, that group, um, that's a very good group, uh, but I think I'm going to give the edge slightly to Kansas City as as well, just of Tyreek's, uh, Tyreek Hill's speed is just unmatched. Travis Kelsey is, I think Kittle and Kelsey are like 1A, 1B for me at this point, because they're both just so, so good. Um, and uh, McCole Hardman had a great year, uh, first first rookie season, so... I think I think Kansas City definitely has more top top heavy, but San Francisco has more depth and is more a well rounded group. And then you're right back for offensive line, Dylan. Um, offensive line, um, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Although I think that the Kansas City offensive line is going to be the the determining factor in this game. Uh, Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley uh, are nothing to be messed around with. Uh, yeah, I'm going San Fran also. I think they have, if not one of, if not the best, they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And Malik, what do you think? I'm definitely going with the 49ers because Mike McGlinchey was my left tackle, so I had to. Oh yeah, yeah, you got to get right there. Oh or wow, die. I got some loyalty uh, there. Unbiased opinions here for sure. Huh? <laughs> Listen, we just talked about an LSU national championship game. I was completely unbiased. I'd expect the same for you, Malik. I'm joking. I was completely very biased. You're the worst. <laughs> um, uh, defensive line edge. I'm going San Fran. Uh, that one's this team wins in the trenches. That's what they do, and they're going to keep doing that. They have just the talent all around, top-heavy end depth. They've got it all there. What about you, Malik? Definitely going Kansas City on this one. Easy uh, for me. Easy? Easy. Right. Wait till Mobile next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's an easy one for me, guys. Easy? Why do you think? Why? Why is it so easy? Is it just Chris Jones, Frank Clark? Well, I think you know it's the easy choice to pick the 49ers, but you know Frank Clark said something to me in that post game that uh, really resonated with with me, and I think that they're going to come with something different in this game. Interesting. Um, I yeah no Chris, Chris Jones and Frank Clark are very very good, um, but the 49ers front line has basically just commanded their season um so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to give the edge to them i think again it's close these teams are this, this is gonna be a good game stop hedging you coward i'm not, all right sorry wow sorry <laughs> <laughs> um linebackers that's me right that is malik Oh, Malik. Linebackers are definitely going to 49ers. The way they play fast and the way they can cover, too, I think this is going to be their best chances of covering Travis Kelsey. And uh, I mean, their best chances of covering, uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey. He's he's not a physical tight end like George Kittle, so this is the best linebacker tight end matchup that we can have for Travis Kelsey. All right, is it not me? Yes. All right, so you don't want me to head. You've been doing this for a year, Dylan. How do you not know this yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we threw in another person, and now it's it's all it's all over the place. You want me to stop hedging? I'm going to stop hedging. It's the 49ers all the way. Not even close. Fred Warner is a top three linebacker in the league. Uh, Quan Alexander being healthy helps them a lot. Drake Greenlaw. This is just an incredible group of linebackers. It's not even close. Their defense also- is just super stacked if you really break it down, but they can definitely mess up and play terrible and have Arizona be close to them both games this year. Yeah, uh, it's it's, yeah, it's it's also like it's not only how good the 49ers are; it's also I hate the Kansas City linebackers. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I, I don't like them. I got the guy from Alabama in it. What's his name? Um, are you thinking of Reggie, Reggie Ragland? Ragland? Yeah, Reggie Ragland, yeah. Um, he's he's good they, they, they put Anthony Hitchens on the field. You need to get out of here when you do that. I hate yeah. him. <laughs> I hate him so much. Wow. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm calling down, Brent. Um, the next one is going to be... you with, line, with uh, DBs. It's me with DBs. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with the 49ers here. Um, I love I love Honey Badger, obviously. Um Kendall Fuller's good. Traverius Ward had a great year. But uh, Richard Sermon is uh, far and above, I think, the rest of them. And he's going to command this game. Uh, yeah. San Francisco defensive backs. Yep. Uh, Malik, you here? Yep. I think uh, definitely San Francisco's backs are the more experienced ones starting with Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, he's having a lot of experience in the Super Bowl as well, so I should be able to come through when he needs it the most. I'm pretty sure positive. Yeah, what about you, Brandon? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going Sanford also. I just, it's Yeah, it comes down to Richard Sherman. I think his leadership and experience is really what's going to set them apart here. Yeah, awesome. And then so the last, not even position group, but uh, we yeah, head coach, uh, Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan? I'm, I'm gonna go Kyle Shanahan. I think he's just done a stellar job this year, and I don't know. I I feel like he wants it like real bad right now. Yeah, and and I'm gonna give it to him. What about you, Malik? 
I'm definitely going with Kyle Shanahan. I think Andy Reid has been in the league long enough uh, to where, like, he's going to rely and die on Patrick Mahomes versus San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan is two versus one. They got Mike and his dad. I mean, Mike and his son coaching against against Andy Reid. So I think that duo is going to be better downstretch. Yeah, um, Kyle Shanahan definitely has the uh, has the um, the edge. I think here uh, he's just one of the best minds in football. I think uh, right now. So uh, Andy Reid has done a great job, and he's been a great coach for a long time. But this game specifically, I'll go, I'll go ahead with uh, with Kyle Shanahan. Um. Oh man, and now the spread. And now the spread. Uh, the spread is Kansas City minus one and a half. So it's basically just a pick 'em. Um, I'll go first, and I'm gonna pick Kansas City to win. I I think I'm seeing mo- more more people pick San Fran. Um, I just I, know, I just have the feeling that the this Kansas City team is gonna come in and and uh, their offense is obviously electric, and then I think their defense is going to put up more of a fight than people expect. I mean, they just came off of shutting down Derrick Henry, um, so I, I trust them to shut down the run game and force uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to, to beat them with his arm. I'm going San Fran. Uh, I just think this team is so good, and I don't, I don't know. I just, their defense is amazing. They win in the trenches, and they have arguably the most creative play caller in the NFL. So Malik's got the tiebreaker. I'm going to go Let's go. Malik is a good man. All right. Wait till I see you in Mobile again. Now I'm serious. Oh, <laughs> uh, see so yeah, what what do you, what do you think the, what 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 do you think nice Kansas City is uh is going to pull away with this one? Just, I think, just because the way to it would be good for the league to see it be a fifty-point uh, showdown with Patrick that. Mahomes at center. I would love that. Uh, I think it'll give the fans exactly what they've been waiting for all season. That's some excitement. Complete opposite of last year's. Complete opposite of last year. I mean, last year it was too good on defense, and it kind of took away from the game until like the last couple drives. Uh, I, I want, I really want this one to end up like that. The that one uh, Kansas City Rams game. Where it was, uh, it was like sixty to fifty nine. So that'd be awesome to oh see in the Super Bowl. God, <laughs> um, I would love that. So now the boring football I'd talk be, is done. I'd be miserable. Uh, so I mean, well, boring Super Bowl talk is fun. Now we can have a little bit of fun um, and uh, go through the uh, the interview phase uh, because obviously Malik is uh, very has a very interesting background. Um, so we asked a bunch of questions from Reddit. Uh, we had some ourselves, so it's going to be a mixture of these two. Um, and Brandon, I'll let you go ahead and. Uh, I, I get to pick the first one. You get to pick the first one. I'm going to start it off fun. Uh, do you think Coach McElwain actually snuggled that shark? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think the internet's so crazy, it kind of like put him in a bad position where, you know. You can make the internet look like anybody these days, and and at the time when so much is going on with uh, scandal and everything, it just makes it for a better story. If it was, but I personally don't think so. But who knows? I, I think it was the Jimmy John's guy. If I had to pick one person, I think it was the Jimmy John's guy because that he seems like the kind of guy that would do that, and they they, they look similar. <laughs> um, 
So I'll go ahead and say, uh, huh, there's a lot of questions here. Um, one big thing that uh, is, it's even gotten even bigger since you left. Um, what do you, what are your advice for a transferring football player or like, or advice for high school players looking at colleges? Um, I think it's I think it's a really good opportunity for guys to get a chance to be in control of their own destiny. Um, you know, nobody likes seeing uh, guys not be able to be happy when they're making a big choice like going to you know college and everything. So uh, it's pretty cool to see guys have their second chance and to see it work out like guys like Joe Burrow and. Um, the guys like Justin Fields who get to prove why they're still like the top in, in what they do with sports and um, it's just it's just good to see. So any advice would be just, you know, it's okay if it doesn't work the first time, there's gonna be more opportunities and you just gotta find the right position for you at the end of the day. And uh and you don't owe these you don't owe these teams anything, you know what I mean? I think a lot of guys try to hold guys certain stuff like, Oh, I have to because of this or that. But um, it's good to see uh, guys doing what they want out here. For sure, for sure. And the teams can drop you like nothing. So, I mean, it should work the other way around. Um, so, all right, as a transfer, what was it that made you commit to Florida? And do you regret that decision? Uh, no, I mean, you know, I don't regret any decision that was made for me football-wise, I think. Um, I learned a lot from my Florida experience, and why I chose it was because uh, a guy named Charlie Fry. He was, he was like a, a, a good, a good counsel to me while I was there, just getting me prepared for what the league had to offer and and different things that he could teach me on, on getting ready for the league. You know, at the time, Florida had went back to back SEC championships against Bama, and they for the last year they did it. They did it with the guy that. Uh, um, they did it with a guy that was a grad transfer, and um, and uh, what's that? Austin Appleby. So I was like, okay, everything was lined up just right for the ability to go do that. And um, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out the way it did. We had a lot of things going on that happened so suddenly. So uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day. Uh, it, it landed me in places like I am today, so I can't be too upset. Yeah. Um, what was uh, this? Is a, this, this is a Reddit question, right, Brandon? Um, the McElwain, McElwain yeah. pitch, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So this is this is a Reddit question. <laughs> um, what was uh, what was McElwain's pitch to get to to get you to UF, and when did it become clear that he wasn't going to follow through? <laughs> Uh, you know, it was, it was just more of what the situation was than it was anything else. I mean, like I said, they had top first round talent, like Antonio Callaway was in there. Uh, you had, uh, uh, Jordan Scarlett, you had, uh, some guys that were, that were pretty good, uh, ready for the draft. And I mean, it's the SEC. So, uh, the schedule they had to play Michigan, the first game of the season, uh, you just had a lot of a lot of good things going on in their favor, and so uh, you know it wasn't so much of what he said; it was just a more of what every everything had 
shaking out to be in terms of what was offered, you know. Uh, and then at that point, it just came down to um, my comfortability with everything. And I thought that it was just the best decision at the time. And I knew things wasn't going well. Like, it was like 14 days before the game. And, you know, I guess we're in the heat of a fucking quarterback competition battle, which is ridiculous because, you know, I get the whole essence of it, but, you know, I didn't have to do it either. Mm. You know what I mean? It could have just been uh, – I would have went somewhere else if I didn't feel confident that I wasn't going to be able to have the spot. You know what I mean? And so uh, 14 days before the game, uh, it was me – uh, Felipe and Luke Del Rio sitting in front of his office and he's just breaking down what he thought was the best decision uh, to take for the team. And he, he chose Felipe uh, to start in the game against Michigan. And he's never, you know, never played before. And, you know, coaches making his decision over two fifth-year guys who've been proven and done things that deserved to play so I knew the season wasn't going to go well once he made that crazy ass decision so uh, <laughs> obviously it turned out to be uh, the last time he was coaching at Florida with a decision like that and you know um, you know, when things just don't make sense like something like that you know you expect things to not go as well as they should have yeah. you know what I mean uh, Brandon yeah, I wasn't sure if I would uh if I could ask about the whole quarterback battle thing. So I'm glad you brought it up. Uh But uh, on a more positive note, what were some of your favorite memories at Florida just on and off the field? Uh just seeing the difference between the SEC and the hype about it and 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 how it's the league it is and you know, I saw it as like the the G League to NFL my transfer years and chance to get a close experience to what it would be like rookie year coming in with a new team, a new system, you know, the whole nine. I mean, you'd already beaten LSU at ah, that point. Ah, the whole nine, <laughs> right. you say. Right, get a chance to play a schedule like that against guys that at the time were all draftable players. I thought it was just the best. And the next step in the not taking a step down from coming from Notre Dame with, with the prestige and the schedule that they play each and every week with competition. Uh, so, you know, seeing that side of football and, and, and what SEC country is like uh, was something that I was really excited to be a part of and and just how the operation is ran out there and how different it is than any other uh, conference. So, uh, you know, you don't regret – I don't regret learning that experience. And uh, it was good. I mean, shoot, if it worked out how it should have, I could have been the next – or could have been what Joe Burrow was, you know, in the year that he had. So – well, um, I know that we had the talent for it, uh, and the pieces were were set. It's just you know we had some iffy decisions on from the head coach on his decisions making on the team that year, and uh, it cleared to be uh, it proved to be not the best decisions because he didn't finish the year with the team either. So, um, just a tough position. Yeah, there was so much talent on that team too. I know Brandon must be so upset about that. <laughs> Oh, I can't express it enough. I can't express enough how upset I am about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely could have been a, the team to get over that that hump against losing to Bama with just the way we were structured and the fact I was I was going there to kind of complete the, the puzzle piece. But, 
um, you know, you know, recruiting is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, recruiting is a bitch, and you know, it's a young man's sport. Sport in college football, everybody wants to play the young guy, and you know, it just didn't make sense for the situation that we had in Florida at the time because, you know, you want to start a kid that's never played in a big Saturday night football game for his first time over two guys that. You know, clearly, if anybody you could have picked out of a hat between me or Luke at the time, and we both could have did, uh, had a better chance of, you know, just from the situation. Not that Felipe couldn't have done it, but, you know, he's young. He never played before, and I thought that was a interesting game to want to start him for his first career game. And, uh, you know, you know, more power to him. He's not even at Florida right now, so uh, it just shows that, um you know, it, it worked out in a different way. Yeah, I will say, I, I told my friends you were coming on, they're like, isn't that the dude that beat LSU in 2014? Why do you want to talk to him? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, but then he realized you're left-handed, so he, he said uh, he forgives you because left-handed people have to stay, stick together. Um, yeah, we got to, man. We it's got a to. right-handed world out here. Um <laughs> Well, what you, what would, uh, speaking of a little bit more about Notre Dame, what do you think the biggest differences between Notre Dame and Florida were? Uh, it's really just the guys, man. You know, the guys in the locker room at Notre Dame was really a bunch of guys that you wouldn't even know play football because they were just well-rounded and, and what they what they liked and what they uh, how they went about each and every day. You know, the processes were a little different, guys, and the focus was a little bit different in terms of, you know, uh, the backgrounds in which these guys came from. Uh, Florida was more of a focus on, you know, what the sport of everything was and uh, the grind of, of being a, a college football player in the SEC. It was very noticeable, you know, in the in the days in which we had there. Um, so, uh, but overall, I mean, the talent was was pretty equal on both sides. The D line was probably the biggest difference from Florida and, and Notre Dame in terms of the uh, the tenacity and intensity. Uh, the SEC, I believe, the difference is built on the O line and D lines uh, that separate uh, those next level guys. You know what I mean? So that's the closest you'll get this Sunday with those offensive defensive lines in the SEC, and uh, it was cool to see that kind of evolution. And uh, so Florida, they have a reputation uh, off the field. Were there things going on behind the scenes that just, like, weren't available to the public? Uh, obviously not, like, Hernandez-esque things. Just, Jesus. like, were there things going on back there that just never saw the light of day? Yeah, I think in any football program, especially at that level and that prestige at the time, you know, there's – uh, it's hard to, for everybody to be uh, perfect, perfectly clean. You know, you, you deal with uh, a, a situation where a lot of guys haven't had the radar on them in that, in that aspect. And the things that they, you know, take to school are more so habits than they are something newly learned and, and being there, you know what I mean? So uh, um, not, not even you find out with these championship teams as well that, you know, nobody has a totally clean program, and there's always some things that are more kept in house. But you know, these are still 
Excuse me, these are still young kids, so you know you don't want to. This is not a professional league where you're looking at guys a certain way. These are still young kids, so you want to do the most to protect the innocence at this end of the day, too. Hi, Brendan. Do you want to go with the next one? Um, I mean, this is a question uh, from Reddit because I guess they never get to see this side of it. Uh, and since you have experience playing at two schools, they wanted to know what were the facilities like at Florida compared to other schools. Well, yeah, Florida's probably uh, they were they're going to have something a lot more up to date in the near future with their facilities, but uh, their facilities still were pretty much the same since they won those national championships in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, uh, but. Now, in the next couple of years, they're going to have a state-of-the-art facility that's going to blow the socks off of just about everybody else. So they were still playing catch-up from the other schools like Bama and Texas A&M, and now LSU has gotten these new locker rooms that are big and fancy. So uh, Notre Dame, they've always been pretty much up to speed on the, the cutting edge of facilities and techniques to help their players. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame is a bit more of a um, – international and, and, and statewide program. Uh, and um, I don't know why Brandon wrote this down. but uh, a, a, I, thought it was, I thought it was fun. It is fun. Uh, multiple people uh, commented on uh, how much they love your jersey sleeves. That was easily <laughs> yeah, the man, most commented uh... thing, just how much they love your jersey sleeves. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to you gotta pay tribute to the, to the guys that wore them before us and uh, you know, it's nothing wrong with the vintage look. It's like, especially like with the helmets. Uh, the helmets these days don't even aren't even cool. Like I like to throw back one chin strap uh, helmets. You know, the ones that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady used to wear so so much back in the day. It gave even more of a classic quarterback look. Nowadays, every even the quarterbacks look like receivers now with these te- high tech helmets and stuff. So I'm uh, just trying to keep it real retro. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh- for the real football fans out there. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love them was, too. It was very appreciated uh, by the Gators fans on Reddit. Uh, there were like five comments just about just about the sleeves. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's all we have for the uh, like the past. Now we're going to move on to the draft. Uh, who are your favorite draft quarterbacks this year? I'm a big fan of Jordan Love. He's growing on me from Utah State. Uh, super talented kid, uh, arm talent-wise. Um, I liked him a lot. I thought he, he proved a lot in the senior bowl. But, uh, you know, this class is interesting on, um, on on quarterbacks. I don't think there's like a Cam Newton specific in this, in this, uh, in this draft per se, but um, – but there are a lot are a lot of talented guys like that. Um, it'll be interesting. It's hard to tell a, a number one quarterback so much nowadays. It just takes some time. Is you know, but Jordan Love is definitely one of the more talented guys out there, and um, it's good to see that he's getting a chance. You know, smaller guys usually get a lot more love in the draft process for some reason than you know the bigger name guys coming out of coming out of college. Uh, so is there like maybe not in this draft, but uh, is there a quarterback in the uh, 
in the coming in the upcoming next couple of drafts that you could that that you are a fan of that you won't be able to God, hear about. I hate you so much because I know why you're asking. Oh. This. <laughs> uh, He's trying to force you to talk about Jaden Daniels. <laughs> I think yeah, I definitely think Jaden Daniels is next up to say the least. Um, just what he was able to do at at 165 pounds, it looked it, it was pretty deadly. Pretty deadly for a Herm Edwards team that uh, is getting the right pieces. I mean, they they've caught on well in recruiting, and Jaden Daniels is definitely in a position where he can have a, a better four years than Jake Fromm. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, I think that's the hot team in college football next year, and they got they got the the superstars of, of high school recruiting with Chad Johnson's son and a couple of other. Uh, high-profile names, and it's going to be interesting to see how Herm Edwards facilitates those guys and, and still has fun at the end of the day. Let me tell you, the day after draft picks, we woke up feeling like shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You looked, you looked like you were fine. Like We saw you at practice for a second. Uh, but we woke up feeling like shit, and Dylan wouldn't shut up that you like Jaden Daniels. He Listen, not, I love Jaden Daniels. Fe- he felt I so need more, validated. No one talks about him. He felt so validated. He's like, yes, like someone else loves him. So you just made you made oh, his uh, senior bowl week. Obvious, honestly. I just I, he needs he needs no. he needs his uh, respect. He also needs about fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how he does his second year. I always say, guys. When they don't have expectations, you know, it's easy to play well. And not many people ex- didn't know what to expect from Jaden. And he, he he flashed a lot of uh, potential to have some, some good things going on. So it's, how is he going to come back and and respond going into uh, a year where now it's like, okay, people are expecting him to be a 10-win team. So how are they going to uh, be able to get that done? It's going to be interesting. To um, and not only just like quarterbacks, we talked about it a little bit at draft picks, but who are some, some, some players you feel are underrated in this, in this upcoming draft that people need to pay more attention to? We did? <laughs> we did. We did talk about it a little bit. I know Brendan doesn't remember much from that night. I don't remember that. <laughs> um, a guy that I think should get more, um, you know, more attention in this draft class is uh, – a guy from UCLA named Darnay Holmes. Let's go. He's a guy that, a guy that plays with a lot of passion. And uh, even though he's a smaller uh, secondary player, I think the ability he has for the love of the game he has is going to be, uh, is going to be, you know, much, much appreciated at that next level. Cause it's about, it's about want to, and he definitely has the, um, the energy needed to, get on the defense and make some plays. I compare him a lot of a lot to Chauncey Garner, a rookie that played well for this uh New Orleans Saints this year that had a huge impact at that nickel position, uh, be able to make plays and he was able to uh do that a lot for that team and you know, he made some big plays in the playoffs as well. So I see a lot of Darnay Holmes and CJ John CJ uh Chauncey Gardner Johnson and uh, hopefully he gets a, a chance to make an impact at their next level. Yeah, I spoke to him, like, briefly after one of the practices, and he seemed like a really, like, genuinely nice dude, too. So I was just like, all right. Like, I was like, I, I like you now. Like, I liked him as a player, but it's like, now I like you off the field, too. So I was happy with him. 
Yeah, I think a lot of guys that you like off the field in terms of a personality and a, and a good sense of, of themselves, you find uh, very much appreciated that they, it translates to the field. You know, a lot of football is about camaraderie and uh, for you to have a likable guy like that uh, is, is also pretty cool to have too. Um, all right, so I'm going to give you three running backs. I want you to start one, cut one, and sit oh, one. Oh, God, all right. <laughs> start, cut, sit, right? Right, Brandon? Yep. All right, so it's going to be Josh Kelly, LaMichael Pirine, and Cam Akers. So I'm starting LaMichael Pirine. What, what's the Josh Kelly out of UCLA and then Cam Akers out of Florida State. Uh, it's, it's start, cut, and sit. Yeah. yeah. I would start, um, I would start Mike, LaMichael Pirine. I'll sit Cam and I'll cut wow. Josh. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna cut Cam just because he's Florida State. Honestly. No, he mentioned. I know. Yeah, you know, he mentioned uh, a little bit at draft picks that he did like Cam Akers. That's why I, I just thought of three names that we talked about slightly. Um, and you love Josh Kelly. Yeah, I do love Josh else, Kelly. So. <laughs> I had to watch every snap of 2018 I mean, Josh- UCLA football, and Josh Kelly was the only thing that saved it, and Caleb Wilson. But we all know how that worked out. <laughs> I like I like with Michael P. Ron because I think you know his toughness and his availability through the years he was at Florida proves that he had a um, he has a good track record of staying healthy as well as being able to catch out the backfield. We got to see a lot of that grow as the years have added on. He's became, it became uh, really pivotal for that offense to move the chains and the matchup problems that he presented, and he runs tough in between the tackles. So it's really you can find such a good pass catcher. And a guy that can be a three-down guy for you, like my Michael Cam Makers, uh, follows in more of that same line. I think he's a little more explosive than LaMichael, but Cam Makers' ability to be hit the home run ball as well as, um, you know, he's he's pretty good at the backfield as well. Plus, I like his passion for the game. That's why I would have him in in a position of, of sitting, but he could easily be a starter for me as well. Yeah, um, LaMichael Piran is the guy that Jim Nagy said in his initial press conference that he was like, well, Michael's a guy that he wasn't super productive in college, but he's going to be a better pro running back than he was in college. And yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, look at his college quarterbacks. You know, he had had a (laughs) lot of guys he was able to get a lot of production from. And that wasn't really the offense in which he could be most successful in. You know, we were running more of a pro style at the time he was there, which he was able to do well in, but when Mullen got there, you got to see just how well his his routes are. And, and it proved to be even in the uh, – his routes even pre- proved to be well in the senior bowl, you know, winning a lot of one-on-ones against guys that are highly touted at linebacker this year. It just shows that, uh, you know, Michael's ready to take that next step. All right, Brendan, you want to go ahead with the next one? Yeah. Um, so, of course, we met at the senior bowl last week. Uh who would you say were some of your biggest risers from practice during the week? Uh, I would say some of my biggest risers would be um, – uh, let me see if I had to guess. I think the receiving the receiving class is really deep, and it showed in the seeable practices like K.J. Hill from Ohio State, who ended up winning the offensive MVP – as well as, uh, you know, a DB and Jalen Elliott from Notre Dame, who won the defense MVP. I think those two guys, um, 
you know, showed showed a lot in that week and in, in, in that opportunity given to them to really show just how um, effective they can be in a setting where competition was at its highest. Uh, Jalen Elliott proved to be the leader of the DBs throughout the week, and especially with a coach like Matt Patricia for him to come in there and show a lot of leadership. Just showed, uh, just showed a lot of maturity from a guy who's had a lot of experience getting uh, a lot of plays in. I mean, he played basically his whole career at Notre Dame and started since uh, around his freshman year. So um, his ability to not only have great leadership in, throughout the week, but his ball skills and his ability to make plays on the football, there's uh, no reason why I didn't doubt that he wouldn't be able to get that MVP. Um, K.J. Hill was probably the best route runner and technician of all uh, all the guys uh, at the Senior Bowl. His ability to just uh, be super patient on his routes, it, it gave a lot of stress to defenders that week, and um, he made a lot of great plays. I mean, one-handed catch on a, on a drag route across the middle is pretty bold, but he was able to pull it off. Um, he was able to be spectacular that week. So KJ Hill, even though he may not be Deshaun Jackson fast, his routes are, are really crisp, and it just shows that the Ohio State receiving core coming out of college proves to be really good pros as well. You see Terry McLaurin from Washington that had a really great rookie season, and KJ Hill is a very similar guy to that. All right, and then to the last draft question, um, how many quarterbacks do you think go in the top ten or the first round? Uh, I think there'll be one or two in the top ten. Uh, one of them being Tua, Tango Vailoa, and the other being Joe Burrow. I think uh, the quarterbacks this year, like I said, isn't the strongest draft class out there. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the guys that are the top two, which are Tua and Joe Burrow, I think they deserve their top ten slots, and they'll be great pros in the future. All right, Brandon, you want to go with the last one? Uh, yep. The last question that we have for you is, we do this to pretty much all our guests. Uh, so you, you're familiar with my cause, my cleats in the NFL? Yep. All right. So if you were to be playing this year, what would your cause be for your cleats? My cause for my cleats, um, it'll probably be something around after-school programs for kids, I think, uh, that's, that's underrated in, in, in the process of a kid's development is their after-school program activities. That's something that I would really push because I believe that, um, you know, kids that have something to do and aren't bored, you know, usually end up uh, having a good path for success in their future endeavors and, and chasing their dreams or whatever you may have. So um, when kids are bored, they usually get in trouble. So I would you know, really push for after-school program progress and, and stuff along those lines. All right, and so that does it really for our questions. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, Malik now works at uh, Overtime. Do you have anything coming out uh, with Overtime or anything that you want to you wanna shout out before we call it a day? Yeah, so we just got done shooting a great Pro Bowl series uh, where we were – you know, vlogging a Pro Bowl, we got a chance to get close to some of the best players this year. Uh, so we got a couple videos. We did an overtime challenge, which is a, uh, a like almost a game show style with the Griffin twins from Seattle. 
So that was really fun to watch and, and be a part of, to see those guys uh, uh, compete against each other. It's something entertaining for the kids. And uh, when that drops, it would be cool. Awesome. Do you know when that's coming out? Uh, it'll come out in the next couple of weeks or so due to where we were uh, paid by the NFL to get it done. So, yeah, gotcha. Uh, the edit that will be out a lot, a lot sooner than <laughs> usually. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, awesome. So, um, again, thanks for joining us. You can find him on Twitter at Malik Zaire 8. You can find Overtime on Twitter at Overtime. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Del- at, at Delis Sanders. You can find Brandon on Twitter at Devinus underscore Brandon. You can you find that, the- Malik. You can find me on Twitter at WNS <laughs> underscore Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Whole Nine Sports. Um, you uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, as always, you can find uh, tell us about your friends. Talk to us on Twitter. We're on there twenty four seven. We're bored. We have nothing better to do than uh, talk about random things on Twitter. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see y'all on Thursday or whenever the next one comes out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, idiot. This is coming out Thursday. Monday. You can find us on Monday. <laughs> have a great one. Bye bye. <laughs>